Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome everybody to another edition of the End of Pain Show. This is Ronnie Flores and my co-host Ani Umana back at it for another week. Episode 119, Ani, we just keep plugging along as the season plugs along and now we're in the postseason. How, how's it going? Are you getting the... Uh, Playoff fever yet? Getting ready for March Madness and that? Or are you still kind of in grind mode? Uh, it's like a mixture of both. It's like grind yeah. mode, but playoff mode. UIL playoffs, crazy. Uh, NCA, you got conference tournaments. I think Patriot yeah. League, American East. You got a couple conference tournaments this week coming up, and yeah. then you got Final Four coming up. So I mean, I mean next month. So yeah, busy times. Yeah, it's gonna it's gonna blow by. Just like John Morant keeps blowing by uh, oh, guys man. all over the place. <laughs> so, yeah, it's it's. Did you catch that game? Oh man, I mean, is he the hottest ticket in basketball? By far, probably so. Yeah, I mean, if you want to just see a player, you're gonna want to watch John Morant right now. Yes, obviously, the people, uh, a team, and players people don't want to see right now is the Lakers. We'll talk about that in a little while. You know, they're kind of having a little bit of a mount, the drama meltdown, but we'll, we'll get into that. We'll talk about various topics. Obviously, you want to hit the Pangos Junior All-American account, which was in Southern California this weekend. Uh, you know, a lot of good players from all over. Some players you might be from, familiar with, Ani. But let's let's talk a little bit, starting uh get probe, probe the pain a bit. Let's uh, talk about college basketball, you know. And, and, and again, we're, we're trying to – we were saying last week, Hey, well, hopefully we have a normal week, but again, right. anything but normal. <laughs> Saturday messed all that up. Yeah, yeah. Well, nothing normal about anything we're doing right now, but, you know, it's a crazy time. Crazy time in the world, crazy time in college basketball. So we keep that in perspective. But, yeah, on Saturday, like you mentioned, first time ever since the, you know, AP polls came out in the late 40s. Yeah, that long ago, the late 40s. You know, 75 years ago, uh, Gonzaga, the top six teams lost. So Gonzaga, Arizona, Auburn, Purdue, Kansas, and Kentucky yeah. all went down. So, I mean, Ani, it seems like it would be easy. I mean, I do rankings every week. It's just like keep all the teams the same. <laughs> right. Because yeah, that's what I was going to ask you. I was like, okay, yeah. Gonzaga's one, Arizona's two. Do yeah. they deserve to be it? But it's like, you know, I want to get your take on it. Like, yeah. who lost – I mean, at that point, it's like, who lost better? <laughs> yeah, I guess, yeah, maybe is a team really? Did a team lose, like, badly? Did they lose at home? You can start breaking it down a little bit. But I think, yeah, if – I just don't think the seven teams should jump to number one. Then why, why did you vote it that way the last week? That's true. You know, why weren't they higher? Like, you know, it happens. But, again, that doesn't happen very often. So I guess the big winner of the whole spill, the whole weekend – really was Baylor, right? Because they moved up after beating Kansas. So Baylor moved up pretty well. Mm -hmm. I think they moved to three. So Baylor started 15-0, then they hit a snag. What what do you take there in Waco, Ani? Are they back on track or is just, you know, is everybody else losing so they got that win? Or are they kind of back on track after that hot start to the season? I just think Big 12 plays tough. Um, I mean, just every – Every game you're you're going in in that league is tough. I mean, even from West Virginia, they gave Texas a battle, and they're last in the Big Twelve. Um, it's just Big Twelve's tough. I think Baylor's finding their groove again. Um, you know, they kind of got I wouldn't say a shooting slump, but just guys like you know 
weren't making the shots like, you know, like Flagger, Kenjo, LJ Cryer, you know, they really, um, you know, rely on them guys really making shots. And they just got in a little bit of a slump. But it's tough. I mean, Big 12 play is tough. I mean, yeah, <laughs> they, they tough just – It's hard to win on the road. Yeah, yeah, but I think Baylor – I think people were a little too ahead when talking about Baylor being better than the team they were last year, especially at that same time when they were going oh, – they are yeah. hitting that deal. But, I mean, I think they have they have a chance to win a national title. I think they have a chance to make the Final Four. But it's, it's going to be tough. I mean, it's wow. going to be tough. If they make back-to-back Final Fours with a, basically a whole new crew, especially the backcourt, obviously replacing two NBA guards, that that would be very, you know, that would be like, wow, that would be big for that program. For sure. Kind of similar to, like, you know, Butler or something making back-to-back Final Four or something like that. You're like, wow, Baylor, you know. And obviously <laughs> they've had good players. You know, again, maybe it doesn't look like that in Texas, but from the outside, if you're living in the Pacific Northwest or – in deep in the south, you're like Baylor. Wow, like they were really good last year, you know. Mm-hmm. So that's awesome to see because that that's got to help their recruiting. And then you got Texas Tech who's recruiting pretty well. Got a lot of other teams in Texas is like the recruiting is amped up tremendously. Looking oh. at it from the outside, like before it would be like, okay, that guy's gonna go to Texas, out of state, yeah, meaning Oklahoma or Louisville or like North Carolina or Bluebird or, or a Blue Blood or. He's gonna go, like you said, to UT. Now it's mm-hmm. like, no, not necessarily. That top kid can go three, four, five different places. Well, one hundred percent, especially with Tech. I mean, they just yeah. uh, went undefeated at home this season. Yeah. Um, you got uh, Baylor. You still got Texas, who's still a top twenty-five team in the country. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you just got you got a lot of you got a lot of options in this area that these top kids go to SMU. Uh, yeah. You get we get kids that are top twenty players that go to SMU every uh, seems like every year so far from for a while. So I mean, you got a lot U of H. <laughs> you know, we can't forget U of about H just, them. Just went to the final four, <laughs> right? I mean, like you said, if we were to have this conversation yeah. ten years ago, would Baylor, no. Houston, SMU begin the top guys? You know, like that? No. Um, yeah, well, you think of a kid like James Akinjo. He starts at Georgetown. It doesn't work out there. He goes to Arizona, which seems to be like, you know, okay, a kid from West Coast going to go to Arizona. Like, he's at Baylor. You know, right. like, he's <laughs> like a Bob Cousy finalist. Like, hey, that's a pretty good move for him. Oh, for sure, for sure. And he's a good player. There's no doubt about it. I mean, I got to see him a bunch. He played in the Balls Life All-American game. So, I mean, like, I'm not doubting his – his skill level at all, but to him to be at Baylor as a third school from a California kid probably doesn't, like you said, 10 years ago, that ain't happening. Mm-hmm. No, you know, it's, it's pretty awesome to see, but yeah, you know, so I guess Gonzaga and Arizona just stayed number one, you know, yeah. they just stayed number Auburn dropped a little bit, lost to Tennessee. That's one of Arizona's losses as we, as we talked about on an earlier episode of the, in the paint show, Arizona had that, that crazy game in, in Tennessee. Yeah. So, um, you know, does Arizona make the final four this year? Uh, ooh, yeah, I think I want to see them because I'll get the chance to see them in the first couple rounds at the Pac 12 tournament in Vegas, mm-hmm. and I'll have a good answer for you. My answer right now is that it's still wide open, I think they have the continuity, but they're not overly talented. Like, oh, uh, this team is just you know, if they have a, a bad half or something that they can overcome it and win any game to get. In the first four rounds, oh, they'll get to the final four. If they have a bad showing, they, they they're going to be in a dogfight. Whether it's a second round or the Sweet Sixteen, you know what I mean? I yeah. Obviously, once you get to Elite Eight, you got to <laughs> you, know I mean? you got to you can't make many mistakes, right? You know, I think they can win a first round game even without their best uh, effort. You know, without their best effort, one as one of the top six seeds. Obviously, you know, if they stay at number one right now, I think they deserve a number one. But again, we'll see. The conference tournaments are going to be exciting. But yeah, so right now to answer your question, I think it's 50 50. Um, and we'll come back and talk about it, obviously, a little later. But they're not a slam dunk team, even though, like you said, they're one and two. Let me ask you this. Is Gonzaga a slam dunk team? I don't think so. I, I don't I don't I don't think so, especially making it to the final four. Now, I think, you know, they have. They have veteran type leadership. Yeah. yeah. So they, I mean, if they get in the hole, they can fight through it. Yeah. Um, it's just they kind of struggle with them teams that play fast, space them out, 
yeah. uh, kind of put him pick her. Obviously, Chet, Chet does a solid job. But, you know, like when teams play fast and they kind of get after it and, and space out, you know, Gonzaga has a hard time. I do wonder, like, when that second round, that Sweet 16, like you talked about Arizona, who those that matchup would be. Uh, yeah. If it's a team that they don't really, you know, match up well against, you know, they could get popped early. Yeah. Uh, but I do think they have the veteran leadership. They've been there before. Uh, so I do give them that advantage. So it wouldn't surprise me that they're there, but I think it will be more difficult than the previous years. Yes. And I also think that, like you said, if they get into a tight one, Arizona is going to be pressing a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, they tend to panic when they're down a little bit. They'll jack some threes. They can't do that. You know, their guards right. tend to jack threes when they're down six, eight. They'll jack a three. You know, they don't play through it sometimes and work to get the best shot like they do when they're up six. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's just right. some teams execute down, some some don't. So this is a little thing they got to work on, but they have a chance. So here's the thing. How often, and I'll ask you this because I know you you like to, to think about where, like you said, where they're going to play and who might be the matchup. How often is a West Coast team one and two? So who's getting shipped to the Southeast region or the Midwest? Right now, you would think if Arizona wins a Pac-12 tournament, they're going to go one, but right. they won't be in the West. Right. If Gonzaga wins the WCC tournament. You know, so they're <laughs> yeah. going to be a one somewhere else. Yeah, they're going to be a one somewhere else. So that would be interesting. I really don't even know. Like, that's a. Yeah, they probably won't go to the East region. That number one team yeah. in the East region will be, you know. Yeah, like a, one of the East teams, you know, obviously, right. I mean, whoever's the maybe Kentucky or Purdue, maybe stay in the Midwest. I could see Arizona in the Southeast, you know. Yeah, I was thinking I was thinking like maybe they move to the Southeast, one of those teams. Yeah. Um, right. Yeah, like Midwest, I would say like Purdue, if they win their conference. Yeah, East Coast be like Kentucky, probably somewhere in uh, yeah. uh, Big East, potentially. Like, you know, it's, it's just – It's number one. Yeah. Uh-huh. But uh, – Ooh, yeah, I think they'll probably move to the southeast if anything. Yeah, I, I think so as well. Um, if it stays like this, obviously there, uh, there could be a million, a million <laughs> results coming in. But yeah, that's the thing. If you're an Arizona fan, you're rooting for Gonzaga to go down, right? So right. you can get the number one in the West, and then you're in San Diego and or San Francisco, and then you're staying in like Portland. I think they're you know the next round's important or something like that. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah. So it's basically home game. Coast. Yeah, they right. would stay right on the West Coast. They travel pretty well. So that's just something to keep an eye on. Like, in the overarching overarching picture of this, Ani, does this make college basketball better than ever? Like, just this, what happened Saturday? Or the or reason, I, or is it less interesting? And the reason I say that is we talked about this before on this yeah. show on many, many episodes is how many players have college eligibility that are not on a college team? They're in the in the G League, they're they're going overseas. Yeah. They're, they're 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 hitting the portal. They're not on plane. They're trying to get pro, go professional. The teams have so much more turnover. Is that good because it's parity, or is that like no people want to see Carolina, Duke, and UCLA? You know what? Like you said, excuse me. Uh, we talked about it with the uh, NBA in the NFL. Yeah. You know, comparing like how the NFL anybody can win, yeah. right? Yeah. And the NBA is always just you know the same old. You know, teams, you know, which teams are going to win the title or be in the finals or be in the conference finals. And I think this makes college basketball better because we really just don't know. Like, there's no clear cut favorite to win it all. There's no clear cut final four team. Um, And the conference tournaments are interesting. Like, you really don't know who's going to win what. Like, obviously, the WCC, you, you, you would think Gonzaga, but St. Mary's gave them hell. (laughs) And put it on them. Yeah. Yeah, so, like, yeah. who said they couldn't do it again? So, I think the unpredictability, the not knowing is the fun part of it. You you, you don't look at it like, you know, high school playoffs here. We're all waiting for Duncanville-Richardson. But after the second round, how Duncanville was in a dogfight with Rockwall Heath, Richardson yeah. won by, like, I think two or three points against Allen. Yeah. Now everyone's like, oh, will they meet you? But, like, just the yeah, – Anticipation, yeah. Yeah, like, just the unpredictability of it, I think, makes college basketball better. But I would wish that, you know, some of the guys that you said that had eligibility that are in the G League or in the portal or overseas, you know, if they stayed a year, <laughs> you know. Yeah, the, man, the rush like, to get there is just – and we'll talk about that a little later, about mm-hmm. getting playing in the NBA, how, how what that's turning into. But 
yeah, I, I agree with you. I think there's so many good players that could just be still in college and contributing. And, right. and instead of toiling around, especially with what's going on in the world right now with Ukraine and Russia, and it's like, are all these jobs really plush pro jobs? Or like, are you just delaying? Like, if you play in a B league or a semi pro, like, are you just delaying the like? You got to jump in the real world and get a job, you know? Like, right, right. <laughs> you know, is that everybody a pro or like, you know? Again, we could maybe talk about that down the line. That maybe that's a topic sure. in itself. But yeah, it, it, I, I'm on like to see a team grow and like, okay, that team made the Sweet Sixteen or Elite Eight. I can see them make the Final Four next year. But you mm-hmm. don't really have that no more. You right. know, you the turnovers every year. But I do like the unpredictability. I do like the excitement. The games are going to be awesome. I think people have been talking about it too. Even a couple of people that hit me up, they're like, "Man, I can't wait for the March Madness this year because they're." I guess they're. It's it's wide open. So like you said, that has an NFL feel to it. Anybody can win. And then we talk about the Blue Bloods. Let's talk about the two biggest schools, pretty much arguably of all time. The two biggest programs yeah. or the three biggest programs. I guess that'd be Carolina, Kentucky, and and UCLA. Like historically, and obviously Duke right. and, and Mike Shashesky area. It's like. UCLA's won one title in 50 years. Coach Cal's won one title. You know, like, it's still, it has been kind of open. Like, even though we like these, you know, Kentucky, UCLA, you know. Yeah. Kansas. You know, North Carolina's been successful under Roy Williams, you know. Uh, But, yeah, you're right. It's it's already kind of been open. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, it hasn't. Chaka Smart with his team at VCU. Uh, VCU. You know, uh, beard attack. Yeah, it's beard. Yeah, attack. Kind of got in there. Virginia made a run. So it's already been like that. So I, I think it's good for the game, even though, like, per se, let's be honest, and we, we don't like to down what we do for a living, but it's like college basketball's talent level hasn't been, you know, over and over the greatest. But that the, the right. pageantry and the games are still good. So right, right. we'll see how that goes. Let's jump into our next topic, and we'll just jump right into – going from college to the youth space. Uh, this past weekend yep. was the Pangos Junior All-American Camp in Long Beach, California. I know uh, you had some vested interest in that a little bit. There was a lot of Texas guys. And, um, right, you know, I got to see them. There's some players from all over. I think 18 states were there. Uh, Dinos Trigonis, our guy, runs his Junior All-American Camp. It's been about his 10th year. And it's grown really from a – kind of regional camp to, you know, a lot of local kids to really a national scope. There was kids from Pennsylvania. There was kids from uh, Midwest a bit and a lot of California kids and Georgia, Georgia kids always travel. They love to compete. Uh, so let me just run down some of the best players I saw. I mean, again, I'm not going to spend, we're not, we don't have to spend much time on, but I just want to throw the names out there. People, these kids are going to be good high school kids. And then you could, Ani, you could kind of talk a little bit about, couple of the kids you may already know so this weekend before i gotta see probably the best 226 in california and his name is brandon mccoy jr he wasn't there this past week but i wanted to mention him because northern california has a great class brandon is like six three and these are 226 and to the listeners out there when we say 226 they're going (laughs) they're eighth grade going into ninth Next <laughs> 227th and 7th going into 8th. So I want people to kind of – we're almost talking like the years are just going by on each other. Right, right. Like <laughs> What's going on here? So, yeah, we're already talking about 227. We'll, so, we'll be talking about 227s pretty soon. Yeah, so in high school. Yeah, it's just nuts. So Brandon McCoy is a 226. He's a swingman guard. Uh, could play a little of the point. He's super explosive. And, and uh, his team is the – Travel teams, the why not favorites. They're coached by uh, Dorrell Wright, whose brother Delon Wright plays mm-hmm. in the NBA. And Dorrell's played in the NBA as well a little bit. It, uh, one of the many pros coached by Reggie Morris Jr., who's also coached Russell Westbrook in high school. So he has a good crop. And a couple of them did come back to play again. Caden uh, Bailey from Sage Oak, California, 6'3 guard, 226. He did really well. And uh, there's a quite a few good 226 from California. So I'm just going to run down these these guys in order. Another Northern California player who ended up being the MVP of the camp, strong kid, 6'7", 226, Tyran Stokes. 
kind of plays like a John Chaney type guy at Temple, like no nonsense. <laughs> That's a throwback right there. <laughs> yeah, maybe like a, a yeah, a little bit like a a, a, a Texas Tech kind of guy, you know. Just yeah. Long. He was a uh, blocking shots. He ended up being the camp M- MVP. Um, another top guy, top two or three guy there was Brandon Martinson. He's from uh, six seven. 226 out of Aliso Viejo, Orange County, California. He did very well. Shea Brogan, kind of a swingman guard, plays a little bit like Manu Ginobili. Uh, lefty can score, get to the bucket. Shea's uh, dad is Tommy Lewis, who played at Pepperdine. And uh, Shea's mom, I believe, played in the WNBA. And Shea uh, most likely will go to Valley Christian of Cerritos, where his father coaches. I'm, I'm sure he's going to end up there. He's another 226. Um, Maximus Van Laniham, he's uh, from Northern California as well, six foot seven. In the All Star game, best of the best. He saved the game for his team with a block shot at the end. Again, he can play a little bit on the ball, forward, 10 points, three blocks in that game. Like I said, the game winner. Got to give him a shout out. Again, another another Northern California player who's, who's really good. Um, Braden Davison from Orange, California. Braden, 6'1 guard, did really well. Moving on, Jaden Bales. Now, Jaden's from San Diego, 6'1, 226. Jaden was one of the last picks for the All Star game. He really was. I mean, because obviously, we went over the the set elections with Dinos, and he got in there and he ended up being his team's MVP, 13 points. Did really well. Jaden Bales was MVP along with Isaiah Slim Rogers. He's from Corona. He's most likely going to go to Corona Centennial. Slim is a 5'10 guard. Can score. He had uh, 14 points. Slim plays for the Compton Magic. Very well known. Another Compton Magic kid, Justice Griffith. He plays a little like our guy from Baylor who got drafted to the to the Kings. Uh, Justice uh, Mitchell. Defensively. Yeah. Even looks like, you know. Little pit bull, just yeah, just a, a pest. Yeah, he's a five foot ten, five foot eleven, mm-hmm. four inside. Is you know he's working on his perimeter game, but he's such a good rebounder, such a good athlete. He just beats guys to the punch. He guys can't stay in front of him. So Justice is a really good player. Uh, Nathan Earl from Wheeler, Marietta, Georgia, or may he may be going. You know, he's this Wheeler here, but I heard he may be going to another school. So we'll watch to see where he goes. Big guard, six two. Got 11 points in the All-Star game. Nathan, uh, play on the ball, off the ball. He's really a true combo guard who can do a lot of good things. Uh, a guy you may be familiar with, uh, and from Brendan High School he's listed at, from San Antonio, Isaiah Ward, real skilled at 6'4", 6'5". I give him a top 10 nod. I uh, He did really well. His skill level really stood out amongst the top guys. Nine points, five rebounds in the All-Star game. Again, there's 25 guys playing in an all-star game. So when we say these numbers, people are probably thinking, well, he didn't play that good. Well, yeah, those are pretty good numbers. Numbers, yeah. They're the... in, yeah, they're subbing in, in and out a lot. So right like every five minutes they get subbed. Yeah, every five minutes they're subbing in and out. So let's go over the 227s. Like you said, wow, 227s. <laughs> Tyler Sutton from Philly, really good player. You know, somebody to watch in the future. Tyler did a really good job. He's five foot eleven out of Philadelphia. Uh, Jaden Barry, uh, another Corona kid, five foot eight guard, did uh, you know, could handle the ball, obviously, run point, look for the open man. He did a good job. Hunter Kaplan, good score, good energy, good skill level. Hunter's from Van Nuys, California. Uh, another 227 who added like a 35 or 40 point game in the open the camp and it really caught people's eyes. Gary Ferguson from Inglewood. You know, 227. And I got to mention one of the 228s, Austin Kurtzke. 228, sixth grader, did really well. So, Ani, I did mention um, from San Antonio, Isaiah Ward. What other couple kids can you, you know, give us a little bit about Isaiah. And then there was a few other kids from Texas there and, you know, that you may know. And, you know, give us a rundown on eighth graders in Texas. Uh, yeah, like uh, Isaiah Ward, <clears throat> Ward out of Brennan uh, High School in San Antonio. I mean, he's a talented player, about 6'4", 6'5", athletic, kind of your Swiss Army knife. Uh, 
you know, especially when I seen him in games, just gets a lot done. Assists. He use, he sometimes is the team's primary ball handler. He's yeah. defending multiple spots. He just gets a lot done. Uh, that A grade class is very interesting in uh, Texas. Uh, there's another kid, Donovan. Uh, I forgot his last name. I I'm gonna, oh, it's gonna kill me. Donovan about him. Chris. Donovan Chris could really yeah, shoot the basketball. Yeah, yeah, really shoots the basketball. Quick trigger. Um, seen the handle really improve over the years. It's crazy. I've seen that kid since like sixth grade. Uh, yeah. But just you know, he's a talented kid that I really like. They both play on that San Antonio Future team. Uh, but in Texas, that 2026 class um, is talented. Uh, it kind of remind me a little bit of the 24 class because you got solid size. Yeah. Uh, you got really good guard play. Um, and, and, and the thing is, like, we, we continue to get guys moving in that say, hey, we're at 2026. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, you know, from other states. So that class is low. They kind of remind me of that 24 class in Texas. That's uh, that's shaping up to be pretty strong as uh as well, a couple of kids that were there, like Amari James, I seen, uh, yeah. I believe from Georgia, like a physical six one guard, um, like him a lot. Uh, Aiden Martin, uh, he's a twenty twenty seven. That's that's from Texas, about six two six three, good length, skilled. Yeah. I think he has a really, I think he has a chance to be really good. I think he has a chance to be one of the uh, best players when it's all said and done a couple of years from now in Texas. Well, uh, yeah. He, yeah, he's a he's a really intriguing prospect, but um, yeah. yeah you know, I, I was supposed to come down. Um, <laughs> okay, I was supposed to come down to Cali to go to that. Yeah. And I hate that I didn't because, like you said, it has become more of a national uh, yeah. thing. And, uh, yeah. you know, I had I had other plans I had to make. Uh, yeah. But, man, like, I do admit, I do hate because one thing, like, when I first started, the the the, the players I watched was middle school, was the 20th, yeah. was the rising eighth, the rising ninth. Uh, yeah. just to kind of track and kind of see like how guys develop over time. Right. right. So, you know, you can see what doesn't work and what does, <laughs> what does yeah. work. So, you know, you can evaluate kids. I feel like it's helped me become a better evaluator. So I do hate that. I, I, no, I, yeah, no doubt. I like the middle school, obviously the best player at this camp over the years by far was, it's not even close so far as Deandre Ayton. You know, he was, Man, child, I mean, wasn't even. I mean, it didn't matter which team he played on; they were gonna dominate. Like he, that was ten years ago, basically 2013. And yeah, you know, you think of some of the players that, like you said, is this player gonna be a good? You know, is this player gonna be good down the line, or is he good now? So I like to see that there was players that were, you know, not overgrown and oversized, jumbo size, Big Mac Mills. You know, they're 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 gonna be good down the line. They're not like over. <laughs> You know, like overdeveloped now. There, there's a lot of players that are going to be good. There wasn't a lot of domination from guys that are going to be like six two power forwards. Right, you know I mean? right, like, right. Guys that are going to be good college prospects down the line. You talked about that NorCal NorCal class in the twenty six. Uh, yeah. Who would you compare that class to? Is it too early? But like you said, yeah. they have a chance to be really good. Uh, does it kind of remind you of class you've seen in the past? Yeah. Uh, trying to think, there was a good class from Northern California with. Uh, Dominique Artis and Brandon Ashley, who ended up at Finley Prep, and, and they were good college players. I'm just trying to think of a more uh, recent class. You know, it's it's just a it's probably going to be one of the better classes in a long time from Northern California. If these guys stay there, if they, mm-hmm. starting with Brandon McCoy, it's like he's just super. T- right now, he's he probably in the pole position. Obviously, we're not here to rank eighth graders on this podcast. <laughs> right, right. Now you're going to look at it and say, okay, how does my kid match up to him or? Where did, where does you know he 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 can be really talented, and obviously people will get it. He'll get a lot of attention. So I, I, I that class kind of stands out to me, which was you know Brandon Ashley. That's <clears throat> excuse me. That's probably like twelve years, thirteen years ago. Mm-hmm. Brandon was a senior in two thousand twelve, so that'd have been two thousand eight or two thousand nine. So it's been a while since Northern California's had some depth like this, uh, like with the guys I mentioned. You know, so it, it's gonna be. You know, very interesting to see how they all go to school, where they go to school, and if they stay together. What happens a, a lot of times is a group of players in California will try to go to the same school, and then mm-hmm. they go their own path. That's happened, like, with four or five of the best classes over the last 30 years. If you really? Google Cal High Sports, top eighth graders since 1982. I did a story about five years ago, and it has all the classes, like who were the best eighth graders since, like, the mid-'80s. Mm-hmm. And just interesting to see where they went to school and like how they all 
had notions like, hey, we're all going to go to high school together. And then they broke up. You know what I mean? Right, right, right. Very interesting to see. I think the famous class is that book, uh, Play Their Hearts Out with, Joe, uh, you know, Joe Callers phenom camp they all all those guys were supposed to go to with demetrius walker who obviously was a big name in the middle school scene they were all supposed to go to the same high school and it didn't work out so <clears throat> i think that's really interesting to see by choosing high school how that affects where people kind of stand and what you know how do they play with other good players or are they playing the right position right away do they play right away or do they go to a power like you know, a modern day or a Corona Centennial where they're going to be on maybe sitting or even on the JV, like, like Justice Griffith, like the kid we just mentioned, you know, and, and uh, Slim Rogers, they can go to certain high schools and play a lot next year or, but they're going to be behind, you know, uh, Jared McCain and those guys next year. (laughs) And that might be a good thing long-term. So a lot of things play into it. So yeah, just to answer your original question, it's one of the best classes in the last 10 years. You know, so we'll we'll see that and we'll keep an eye on that. Uh, one other kid who did good from that group from San Antonio, he's also listed as Brandon is Taylin Todd with the T, Taylin Todd. Uh-huh. He's uh he did really good in the eighth grade game. But those are some guys to mention. Honestly, I can't mention all 185 guys that were there, but we're always looking for the next guy and be very interesting. When you mentioned that 224 class, and our guy Buff is is uh, touting the 224 as the best player in the country. How was he in eighth grade? I mean, has he improved a lot already? Now he's or was he always looked at as hey, this kid's gonna be a top five kid? Trey, as an eighth grader, was really talented. I felt like he took another step towards like the latter part of uh of his eighth grade year. Okay. In the beginning, he was you can tell he was like one or two on his team. Yeah. But like I thought he really separated himself by June, July. Cause I got this, you know, because he played at he played with Drive Nation. Gotcha. And so I got to see, you know, I would come to practice and everything. And then like let the more long, you know, towards the season, you're like, oh, he's you know, really came along. Um he didn't just really stand out like Keontae George in eighth grade. <laughs> um, you know, those yeah. guys were like, whoa. Um, really good eighth grade. Yeah, Tyrese Maxey, Chris Harris. Uh, yeah. You know, just I didn't kind of go down. Just I thought towards the end of the season it was like that. Like he was yeah. – but I thought in the beginning he kind of was just trying to f- figure it out. Uh, Harrison Ingram, <laughs> uh, all those guys. You can, I just kind of go down the list. Like there are guys that, you know – really just was so far ahead of everybody else in in eighth grade. But I thought, I thought Trey came along towards the end. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. And like I said, with, with Stokes, Tyran Stokes and, and Brandon Martinson and, and Trey Brogan, they're, they're good players now, but they're not like, Oh my God, these guys are just so physically dominant. These guys are skilled. They're getting more and more skilled, you know, as a group, like I said, they might be one of the most skilled groups. And obviously, Brandon McCoy Jr. leads that group in terms of like we'll see where he ends up in in, in a year or two if he's still you know on target as the guy to catch and and so it's, you know quote unquote the guy to catch. So let's move on from the youth scene. We'll jump into the NBA scene, and obviously that's a little bit more dissected. People know more about it, but I mean, we when you talk about the NBA, you always got to talk with the the Lakers are always going to be something to talk about. Good. Right. Or- it seems like it's all bad and it's gone bad fast you know like so something happened i guess over the weekend as you listen to this in the middle of the week you know the lakers needed a good game against the pelicans they came in that game having lost eight of 11 and then all of a sudden they're down 22 points with with five minutes to go in the third and then Ani, why don't you just take us what happened through after that like i mean they're down 22 uh, you know, what happens after that? I mean, it was just the whole game was bad. I remember I was uh, I was actually in a I was actually in a bar just watching the game, right? Yeah. Um oh, and yeah. like they just they were like, what was that one pass? <laughs> they threw yeah. it just way out of bounds. Yeah. Um Brent, I, I the defense was just lazy, Lakers yes. were just bad. Uh I didn't really catch much of the four because it got so bad. Like I probably watched like the first three or four minutes and I left. Yeah. But I, I was moving around. I was like, oh, let me stay here. 
Chill, let me watch the game. And it just, it got, it's like, okay, Lakers will figure it out. I mean, they're going to beat the Pelicans, right? And then it got worse. Then bad pass, bad shot. Yeah. Not getting back on defense. Then it's really, really poor pass. (laughs) And then all of a sudden it's just, you're down 22. Yeah. And and just the Lakers, I mean, they look like they want, they're ready for the season to be over. I mean, they look, they look like some of these high school kids right now on some of these teams, just, you know, like throwing. <laughs> you know? Right. Like, we don't have a playoff chance, even though they do, but like, yeah. we don't have a playoff chance, or we're going, we're going to get beat in the first round bad. Like, we got Duncanville first round. We're going to, you know, like, they look like yeah. some of these teams, not like this type of issue, but like, they're like some of these teams that just like, hey, man, like, it's not happening. I'm getting yeah. a spring AAU. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah. So, you know, I guess Jeannie Buss, the Lakers owner, was at the game. She took off when you took off. When you took off from the bar, she took off from the game. You know, so she didn't last. Then LeBron's talking to some fans. He gets into yeah. it. And then Trevor Reza really gets into it and, and kind of had to be restrained a little bit. You know, Trevor Reese is not one to hold punches. No. Trevor Reese will tell it like it is, you know, the former Westchester star, the former UCLA, and then long time in the NBA. He's been in a long, long time in the NBA now. Right. So Trevor has a uh, – Trevor. speaking of Trevor, he has a young son who's going to be good. He's in the eighth grade, I think, in North Carolina. So oh, we really? can't wait to see him down the line. But, yeah, he wasn't thinking about that at that time. He wanted to go <laughs> <laughs> pissed because again the fans are pissed so right i guess uh you know like you said it's not the end of the world but because they're still in ninth place i think they're two and a half games out of the net from the next team above them so they're not like in the cellar but with the lakers it's like people didn't expect them to be there so what's your take honey what's your hard in the take pink are they tanking it in or is it just they're just trying to get into that eighth or ninth seed get in that little mini, you know, playoff play in and make it happen? Or are they, is it not going to happen? I don't think they know what they want to do. Like, I I, I think when you're in such that mediocrity trail, like to me, if I was them, like if I was just, I would just tank. Right. (laughs) Um, Because, you know, you're not, well, I'd be an eighth and ninth seed and I'm losing the first round. That's probably what's going to happen. I think some days they look like they want to be in the playoffs and they want to potentially make a a, a run at it, which they have the, I think they have the talent to do it. If they're all healthy and they're all clicking, they all have a mindset of, you know, this is what we want to do. I think they can, you know, maybe surprise some people. And then some days I just think they're like, man, like screw this. (laughs) Um, I, I don't think they know what they really want to do because some games they look good. I mean, prior to losing eight out of 11, I mean, they, they had some good showings and they look like a team that, okay, if they were a seat, if I'm a number one seat, I probably don't want to play them if they're clicking, you know, yeah, uh, sure. they wouldn't be an a seat. I would want to see, but then they just look like, man, like I think it's kind of like what you said about Arizona. Yeah. When they, when the stuff start going bad. Yeah. They, they, they just take bad shot. They're just like yeah. screw it. They don't recover from. They don't could recover well from a bad stretch. Yeah. Right, and and it's crazy with all the veterans in there and stuff like that. But like, I don't know. I, I in my opinion, I would say that they're probably ready for the season to be over with. Wow. If there was ten days, <laughs> they played ten. I would say probably seven out of ten days, they're probably ready for the season to be over with. They're like, okay, we just don't care. And then, but three of those days, they're like, you know what? Maybe we can, maybe we should try. Maybe we can get it. <laughs> we, yeah. yeah. But I, I will lean towards that. They don't want, they, they're done with the season. Okay. Wow. That's a hard take. That's interesting because, again, these are pros. They're all good players, but they need motivation, right? I mean, you got to motivate pros as much as anything. You got to be on the same, same page because it's not the talent. Like you said, it's not like a high school team that doesn't have talent and they're right. fighting. And they have no chance against Duncanville or Corona Centennial or, or Montverde or something like that. Like they got the chance, they got the talent. So again, it may be different agendas. Uh, you know, there's this is a big, big time business now. Even a bigger overarching question is did the Lakers make a mistake by not making a move before the trade deadline? And is that souring and 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 souring their energy out? Did they want to make a move? They couldn't make a move, and now it's like, hey. We're stuck with this group 
or did they want us to keep this group together and try to turn it around? I don't think I, I don't think they they have very limited uh, uh, moves they could make, especially with yeah. just the salaries of like West Russell Westbrook stuff. I think the only moves you really could make would be moves where you're tanking. Um, okay. So I, you know, you know, Lakers history. I mean, yeah. they, they're not about doing that. So no. they, they they probably looked at it like, okay, how do we make this better? Can we can we salvage this season and get to the playoffs and do something because we don't want to tank. Yeah. Um, you know, especially with the team with LeBron on it, I don't think tanking is yeah. an option. <laughs> um, one of the best players in the world and the most scrutinized and most watched player in the world. And they're aging, you know, he's aging. So right. we're going to get into that a little bit here. But again, yeah, now the bigger question, I'm really going to put you on the spot. You know, I put you on the spot at least uh, once a week. Oh, yeah. Once right. a show. Was all the moves they made to get a bubble championship worth it. Like you said, if this doesn't work out and they don't get better next year, you know, LeBron's going to be 37, 38 years old. Should they have done that to mortgage their future? They don't have many great young pieces. Not that they were like the ones they gave up. Was it worth it? Yeah. I mean, I think it's all about winning championships at the end of the day. Uh, If you don't win, if you didn't win in the bubble, yeah. Um, what's the chances that they win it now, right? We don't know. Uh, yeah. At least we do know that they did win a championship. Um, I thought some moves that they made, like getting Russell Westbrook, I thought they could have been smarter with just the free agent signings, with moves. the trades, um, yeah. which they should, wouldn't have to be in this situation. But I think you go – I think if you feel like this yeah. is your championship window <laughs> – yeah, we have a chance to win. I think you go all in, but I do believe that they made bad decisions. I I think kind of like the Mavs, obviously it's different, but it's not like, you know, the Mavs won in 2011 and then they didn't really make moves to kind of, they had to make a decision. Do we keep that team or do we let it all go? And then it's like, ever since then, they haven't made it past, they haven't made it past the first round since 2011. Um, it's kind of those hard decisions you make, but I think once you win it, I think you just you you once you win it, that's the goal, right? Yeah. And then you just have to make smart decisions after that. Like if you don't have draft picks, it's going to be smart free agent signings. It's going to be smart trades. <laughs> you know, yeah. getting aging superstars is not it, <laughs> right? Russell yeah. Westbrook is definitely not it with LeBron James and. You know, Anthony Davis, which they call him street clothes. <laughs> uh, you know, it, it's just. It's just maybe a bad mix right now. Yeah, it's a couple little moves they needed to make to make this work. I see what you're saying. Right. Like Dennis Schroeder, even though they got rid of him, but like he wasn't very, you know, he wasn't very good last season. I mean, just they could have been better with the signings. Probably if they would have been a little bit more tactical with the signings, free agent signings, I think they would be in a better place. They're not like it's not. If you took Russell Westbrook and you had a guy that could really like, let's say like a Seth Curry out there. Yeah, <laughs> I think that makes L.A. a lot better. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, so I just something simple like that and would have saved you a lot of money. So, correct. Yeah. I mean, now my question, like can LeBron lead a team to a championship? Does he win another championship in LA? Uh, the way the team's going right now, I don't think they win another championship in LA. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't think they win another championship in LA. Uh, it's very interesting how that happens because like you said, the, let's go back to Kobe Bryant real quick. When they won in 2010, the second of their back-to-back, they had a young Andrew Bynum, and they had a couple young pieces, right? Right. And and Gasol was not that old. And then all of a sudden, Bynum gets hurt. They make a couple moves, and all of a sudden, that team seems like it's aging really fast. Right. They got old and broken down really fast, and they weren't very good. So that seems to be happening with the Lakers a little bit. Like you said, LeBron is getting older. He's not necessarily carrying a championship team like he was before. And now all of a sudden you got AD who's I hate to I don't want to compare him to Andrew Bynum because he's a better player, but if right. he's, if he's not healthy, he's in that same mode of like, was well, he gonna be available? Is he not gonna be available? And then you're like, dang, now they're they're looked at as an aging team with not a lot of room for growth. Their their window's not big. Right. Which wasn't the case 
when you looked at the 220 roster, you're like, this team could win in 221. Mm-hmm. It's not looked at the same all of a sudden. So the projection of the whole thing changes. So, like, are the Lakers going to lose him in free agency and he's going to finish in Cleveland or somewhere else? Or, like, should the Lakers try to get something for him in AD and, and start again? Right. Is that too drastic or should they do that, Ani? I think if you're LA, I think you got to rebuild. I, I don't think you, I know how competitive it is, yeah. but you let, if you can get assets and pieces and rebuild, I think it's time to rebuild if you're in LA um, after this season. I mean, AD's going to stay being hurt. Uh, yeah. I, I would, I hope that he doesn't, but it just, it seems like that's where it's going. LeBron ain't getting no younger. I think you do rebuild. I think you do rebuild and you get younger. Uh, because keeping them, you're not going to win. I don't. I, I think, like you said, the window, I think it's shut. Shut, shut down pretty fast. So, so if it's about winning championships and we're just keeping them, but we're not going to win any championships with them, let's go younger. Let's rebuild. Let's figure it out. Now, my question, so you mentioned, you said something very, very interesting because I was thinking about it. If you're the Cleveland Cavaliers, do you take LeBron James? Yeah, yes. Because okay. The reason <laughs> I say that is because – they're gonna say draft. You're gonna have signs up saying "Get Bronny, get Bronny." <laughs> I mean, the Cleveland would. I, that's the ones that say, now. Almost every city would embrace that. I'm not sure the Lakers would embrace that, right? Because of him being at Sierra Canyon and and, and just the whole thing with. But I think a team like Cleveland, like if he can help them be more competitive, but they have a good nucleus. That's the thing with Cleveland. Like they right. have a good nucleus. Of young players led by Evan Mobley, and and, and uh, your guy Allen from Texas, yep. you know, like that's a good young core, and Allen's an all star. Yeah, like, Darius Garland's an all star. Yeah, you know, Garland <laughs> made the all star team, like, <laughs> and you got a really good piece in the middle. So, do you want to kind of, you know, you bring in LeBron? You there's a chance you're bringing in Ronnie. Like, oh boy, does that screw up that whole chemistry? Right, so you're going on the right path. Like Cleveland seems excited what they're doing. So what team does he go to? I don't know. But I mean, I think Cleveland would, I don't think they would not take him. I hate, I mean, I don't, I love Darius Garland. I love our guy, Allen. And I love (laughs) LeBron is like the de facto owner of the city. You know what I mean? I hate just the way it goes. So I, that would be a very interesting mix. I, I I just, I can see that happening. I, I don't think Cleveland is going to be, I don't think uh, – I'm sorry, L.A. is going to be – now that I look at it, I don't think L.A. is going to be LeBron's last stop. No, if no. you would have told me in 220, I said, hey, he's going to retire here. For sure. You know, but now it looks different. I mean, just the perception of it looks different. They're, the whole team is – you know, the, the fans are booing. They're not very good. They're good, They're but they're treading water, like you said. They're not – there doesn't seem like to be a big window or a big opportunity there. So right. something's going to have to happen which has changed very fast, and then obviously fortunes can change fast. So let's talk about what LeBron said in the All-Star Weekend. And again, he kind of let it be known, and we've kind of known this a little bit, but he let it out publicly like he wants to play with Bronny his last year in the league, whenever that is. So for right now, we're talking about Bronny James. His son's about 6'3", 6'4", around that size, 223 junior at Sierra Canyon, who's still in the playoffs trying to bounce back from losing to Corona Centennial. And they're, they're in the regional tournament this week. So Bronny has at least one game tomorrow, um, Tuesday, as you shoot the spot of the, the game will be Wednesday and maybe a few more games. If they win, we'll see, they could get Corona Centennial again, but the pressing issues as a junior, he would be 223, then one year removed if they don't change the rules. So that's 224, 224. He was <clears> going <throat> to the draft. For LeBron, that seems a little bit away. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, still a little bit away. Like For he's sure. Close to 40. Yeah, 38, what, 39, whatever. Yeah, I, mean, I think it'd be 39, yeah. 39. So, and he's let it out there that, you know, he wants to play with Bronny. So, you know, three more seasons, really. You know, so, Ani, what's your initial reaction to that? And then I'll, I'll, I'll uh, kind of give my spill. What's your just your initial, when you hear that, you're like, whoa. You know, but what's your initial thought? You know, my initial thought was, as a dad, anybody would want to play in their son in the NBA, right? Like, Never of course. Yeah, I mean, now the next thing is how, like, 
I'm not going to be here to say, hey, is Bronny a one and done or whatever. Right. I think that's a <laughs> that's that's another animal. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, does that put pressure on a team to take Bronny? Like, let's say Bronny goes in his first year in college, regardless of what it is. And he says, I'm going I'm going to the draft. Yeah. Now, whatever team LeBron's on, if it's Lakers, this is Cleveland or wherever, yeah. do you feel the pressure to have to take him? Uh, yeah. It, well, it, does it mean let me let me let me jump in here real quick? Does it mean you they want him to be drafted because the the oh look at my son got drafted, it's a big celebration, or like or we just say no, dude, we're gonna bring him into training camp. We're not drafting him, but we're bringing him into training camp, and he's probably gonna make the team wink wink. Right. Like, what situation is this? Because you're I don't think any franchise is gonna waste a 16th pick or a 19th pick or a ninth pick. On on for Bronny, I I just don't right. see that. But second round pick, maybe. Yeah. Would it seem easier just bring him into camp? Yeah, just bring him to training camp, and then just yeah. like like you said, kind of bring give him a roster like uh, they did with uh, Giannis's uh, brothers, who yeah. you know who've been around for a while. But like you know, like probably something along the lines of that. I think that someone did that for J.R. Smith and his brother, and okay. they brought him into the camp. So I mean, we like you said, we've seen that before. Yeah. I would just. My initial thought was, man, like, does that put pressure on whatever organization he's on to have to do that? Is that pressure or what, you know, kind of what happens? Does that, you know, I'm thinking, does that put pressure on Bronny? But, you know, obviously, Bronny, him and LeBron probably had that conversation hundreds of times, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Uh, but it's interesting. It, it, it's very interesting. Uh, one of the questions I think, uh, you know, it's like, does that kind of, is that like a underlying way of like LeBron saying that he's frustrated in LA? And, yeah. uh, I, I, and my and my answer to that is, I mean, he should be. I mean, he should be frustrated in L.A. anyways, right? Yeah. Um, but I mean, I don't frustrated think frustrated at himself, frustrated at the teams. Team, yeah, yeah, just every, just everything. I think he's not happy in L.A. anyways, and, and I think it kind of just something he said that to deflect the frustrations that he's having right now to talk about something that's in a more positive light note of playing with his son. He wants to play yeah. with his son in the NBA. So yeah. that's kind of my take on it. Yeah, it's positive for him because, like you said, it's positive for his family. But me looking at it, how they, it's not that big of a positive. Like, right. now, if his son was the number one player in his class, I would say, wow, that's a great story. Could be a great story, you know? Um, right. But it's kind of like, wait a minute, wait a minute. Because, again, if that day comes, I'm telling you, if that day comes, Ani, we're still we're on episode <laughs> 225. We're going to bring a pro onto the pod oh yes the guy who's fighting for a roster spot and get his take yes and that's what you know what i mean of a guy who's like a borderline nba player i want to hear from him yeah but well, well, we... you who's not going to play in the nba <laughs> right? like i want to hear who's like fighting for a spot you and, know? and you know and you know i um i talked to uh, a former uh 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 well, like borderline, like overseas NBA player, and uh, yeah. I won't say his name, but like we were talking about it on Saturday, yeah. and he just said, you know, man, I was killing in the workouts, yeah. but because this guy played for at university here, and this guy's alumni here, yeah. you know, he got the spot. But I said in the workouts, I killed. So you see, it happens. It happens yeah. <laughs> in yeah. the NBA, and like like you said, like. Episode two thirty five, you, you know, bring a four pro that it, whoever or pro we bring him in, he's probably got stories about that, you know, yeah, <laughs> trying to get right. in. That's what thing, and, and that's the thing you don't want to see. Like if he's, I'll just give you an example. I have Bronny right now because I do California rankings for college uh, coaches and for people out there to see, and I have him ranked number twelve in the state of mm-hmm. California, and you. Again, number 12. Like, so that tells you what I think of him nationally. You know, right. That 100, <laughs> yeah, 115, yeah. somewhere in there. Mm-hmm. Not bad. Good player. You know, and he's getting better. He's moving up. He had a good, he's had, his, he shot some ball pretty well, defends. He has a big body. You know, he's, he's not LeBron size. He's about 6'4. He does a pretty good job. Mm-hmm. He's had a little bit of injuries in past years. He COVID obviously affected him just like it affected anybody else. Right. You know, but he's coming along. And that's kind of where you're like, you know, you're you're talking about an a top 100 player, not a top five or a top 10. Like we're already talking about him being in the NBA. 
that's you know again is is that where we're going is that is that is that is that talk good for the nba or do people just give it an exception because it's ronnie and it's lebron yeah i think i think the the public the general public just gives an exception because ronnie i think for guys like us i think it's not a good thing um oh no obviously we we we, you're in the 100s nationally you being a one and done is very rare (laughs) (laughs) um so now it's just i don't think it's a good thing I, i i don't think it's a good thing um but to the general public, I think they just put it past because it's Bronny. You know, yeah, it's LeBron. He's yeah, it's LeBron. LeBron is Bronny. We love watching them. Bronny fill. Bronny fills out seats here. You know, he fills out seats here every time he's here. You know, regardless of what he does. I mean, oh, if, there's, yeah. if there's ten thousand seats available, he's gonna fill all ten thousand seats. You know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like our guy Glenn Smith when he had him down there for the hoop fest is probably one of the most well attended mm-hmm. regular season games in in Texas history. Right, yeah. Besides maybe a state final four. So yeah, I mean, we know that. We we know his draw. We know why. It's just a, something to talk about, it's something to watch as it comes closer. Because, like I said, we know guys that are fighting to get right. contracts to get in training camp. And and that happens, and that's part of life. And that's like not the 450 very best players are not in the NBA at that time. You know, sometimes mm-hmm. you get a guy who played for that coach. Or knows his agent, or you know the agent knows that coach well, or they have a previous relationship, or he knows his father. There's a million stories. Yeah, everybody has a story behind them, so you know it's it's something to keep track of as as it goes along. And see, like you said, this talk wouldn't be something to talk about if the Lakers were in first place or the favorites to win the NBA title. I think that's where right. it kicks in. It kind of changes the narrative a little bit. So in your opinion, if the Lakers have no window, we kind of established that. Their window's not there. It's not very big. Is LeBron now just already mo- – is LeBron now already saying, I'm going to retire with four championships most likely. I want to play with Bronny. Or does he still think he's getting another shot at a, another title? Man, that's a great question. Yeah. I think LeBron still wants to get another title. Okay. Uh, I don't know if he's uh, chasing Jordan like, yeah. you know – uh, like trying to get yeah. six. I think LeBron wants to get one more title. I think in the profile world, he wants to be on a championship contending team and his son yeah. be the yeah. 16th man, right? Uh, <laughs> in the perfect world, Cleveland's going to win that fifth title for him. <laughs> right. And and, and uh, Bronny's going to be like deep on the bench. Right. Uh, but I yeah. think the latter option would be like a championship in itself for him. He get to play with his son. I think that's just that's good enough. Uh, but I think LeBron, uh, he's a competitive guy. I think he wants to, he's going to go for one more. He wants to go for one more. I think he just wants his cake and eat it too, you know? (laughs) For sure. Because you think of, you know, he knows Kobe has five. He knows Tim Duncan has five. Right. He knows Bird's got 30. He knows Magic's got five. Kobe got five. Six is another hurdle. He's running out of time for six. Yeah, yeah. I don't think that's happening. (laughs) I think he knows that's not happening. (laughs) Six is like, whoa, you know, that's – father time is is beating him on that one. But, yeah, he knows where the great players are are on the, you know, on the the scale of where he's going to finish up in terms of he could be the all-time leading scorer. Kareem's got six titles. We can't talk about Bill Russell that he's on a whole nother level. You know, Wilt's got two titles, Bird got three. You know, and I, I kind of did a story on that on the NBA 75. I just took a crack at it. So when you get a chance, go to ballislife.com, check okay. it out. I, I just, you know, said, hey, these are my top 75 guys. And I actually had ended up with 88 guys. Really? So that, what that means is that the 75th guy, I'll just tell you who it is, is Damian Lillard. I thought Damian should have made the 100. I just don't think he should have made the 75. So I thought there was 13 guys who should have been on that team in front of Damien. Again, I, we've had Damien's high school coach on this spot. It's not a knock on Damien. He, he's, he's a great right. I just thought he, he just was more deserving for the 100. You know what I mean? I yeah. agree with that. I thought he was more deserving of the 100 than the 75. I thought he still needed a yeah. little bit be put more on his resume to be on the yeah. uh, 75 yeah. with that group. Yeah, and a uh, shout out to his coach, Orlando Watkins, and – it very, you know, he's a great guy. He, you know, we got to watch him in high school and he was a little under the radar, but you know, he's had a great career. So get, go check that out when you get a chance. It's going to be a good time to tell you about our promotion. Uh, we still doing our 
in the pay promotion on shop.ballslife.com. Obviously, want to promote our apparel across our platforms. This is one of them. Uh, 15% off your next order with us at shop.ballslife.com. The discount code is PAINT15. Once again, that's PAINT15. We got T shorts, backpacks. Ani, uh, do you have anything? Do you have anything? Anything from Ball's Life? Did you grab anything back in the day, or did you? Or you? You need something, man. Are we? Are we holding out on you? No, no, no. I mean, obviously, I would take anything from Ball's Life. I have about two shirts. I, I, I was a, like Ball's Life when I was in high school. I watched like I even at school. So I took a journalism class in school. Right. The only reason I did that, even though I have a journalism major, was because we get to get on the laptops. Right. We get on the to the. The uh, computers and all I would do is watch Ball's Life. I will not write not one article. I would just get on ballslife.com and watch. It was like John Wall, uh, <laughs> uh, is it Brandon Ashley? Like all the like Finley Prep, like watching all these teams. Like I would just, I was watching mixtapes in the highlights all yeah. class. That was my favorite class. Every, you know, it was uh, we had had Monday, Wednesday, Friday. I got the crime stopper. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Call, yeah. All that. Uh, what's the yeah. kid? What's my man that went to, uh, from Mississippi that went to Texas Southern? Oh, uh, man. You're drawing me. I'm, I'm not good at the rallying off the mixtape names off. I, I probably think about it. Yeah. Think about it. Ooh, who's that? Jefferson, what's his last name? What's his name? Jefferson was his last name. Oh, maybe. Yeah, now that's ringing. That's ringing a bell to me now. Man, I know. There's some guys out there you look at and you're like, dang, he had a clean mixtape, you know. Uh, Aaron Gordon, balls I've had. Aaron Gordon's mixtape is pretty nice. Yeah. (laughs) Aaron Gordon was doing some really nice things in high school. Shout out to our guy Aaron Gordon at Midi from the Oakland Soldiers. Man, he just... It's crazy. You talk about Aaron Gordon. You know Aaron Gordon is only like 26 or 27 years old still? Whoa. Like, he was Whoa. a young senior. It's like, dude, he's not even – like, he's been around so long. You long, know? yeah. Like, you yeah. know, since he was like 15, 16. That's- yeah. He was young because he finished at 17. And his mom his mom said a famous thing. I got to know him pretty well because he was at a couple of our events. And it was like – he's like, what? What's a holdback? Like, his mom – this is Aaron's mom. Because wow. his dad played at Bourbon Day High School in L.A., Eddie Gordon. And he was mm-hmm. like, his mom was like, I didn't know people did that. Like, Aaron's 16 years old. He's a senior. So what? Like, he's got to go to school. Like, we Because <laughs> <laughs> now you look at some of these guys who are like 19 and a half when they finish high school. Right, know? right, right. <laughs> That's a big difference now. Because instead of being 30, Aaron's, seven, Aaron's 27. You know what I mean? Right. Like, and, yeah, and that makes a big difference, especially just like with with everything with his experience, and and he's twenty seven years old. He's still a young guy in the league, you know. He hasn't even reached his peak yet. Yeah, and he that could help him get another contract, you know. So right. it does make a difference out there, folks. You don't have to double and triple hold back. People. Oh, yeah. Oh man. Yeah, his mixtape was was definitely good. Let's jump into another topic here, uh, high school realm. Uh, obviously, we talked about the state champions invitational. We had, you know guests talking about that the last two weeks and our guests i guess we kind of jinxed them from two weeks ago grant rice on episode 117 it looks like we might have put the in the paint jinx on them because they went down the state again you play liberty liberty's a good team obviously they beat faith family who's in the uil 4a front runners by far they're nationally ranked so we know they're good and with liberty's good they took them to double overtime in at the Tarkanian Classic, and then they they took them to a deep close game in the Southern Regional. But again, you have to play them again a week later, and finally, you we know what happens. I don't know if you saw any of the highlights. I go over it on if you didn't see any of the highlights. But that's all a little bit, yeah, yeah. yeah you know, Gorman just didn't play that uh, offense. A couple guys didn't have a great offensive games. They were up still. Then uh, Liberty outscored them eight two down the stretch to take an overtime. And then uh, our guy, D. Don Thomas, 224, hit a shot. Angelo Kambala, 223, he hit a clutch layup. So now they're up four, two-possession game. John Mobley hits a three real late in maybe with like three seconds to go. Then Gorman steals the inbound pass. Yes. You're thinking like – and like Abelman takes a three and it's just off. And then Liberty storms the court. So the fourth time was a charm for Liberty. Liberty beats them. Liberty moves up from 35 to 31. So it was more of a case of Gorman moving all the way down. 
Right. And now obviously Gorman's not eligible for the state championships. The invitational Liberty is, but they're not done where they're ranked because again, Liberty could get invited and then they could lose their first game there and they'll drop yes. or they can move up and maybe play a Calvary or a Dr. Phillips beat them. And then that would help Gorman. So Gorman has a chance to finish higher and Gorman can really still finish higher than Liberty. They beat them three times. So if, if Liberty does get invited and doesn't win it, I, you know, I mean, Gorman could be ahead of them. They could be depending on who they lose to or who they beat. So right. it's not over for Gorman in terms of the ranking. It's over in terms of their season. Um, you know, you play a team four times. It'd be like if Duncanville played Richardson four times instead of maybe two times. Right. Like, you know, it's hard. It's hard, to, win. it's hard to beat a team twice, right. let alone three times. Yeah. You talking about four? Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah you're gonna get. They know. They know. Like they know everything there. about you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, anything could happen. So right. that's a tough, tough draw there. That was the big news, I think, uh, this 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 past week. Uh, so now we talk about the teams that can go. Obviously, Liberty, mm-hmm. Garfield. I think at number twenty four, if they win the three A title there in Washington, Garfield of Seattle, they have a good chance. So they're undefeated. Um, now in the big game coming up, Pebblebrook versus Milton. Now, I say Milton because, again, if Milton gets by Pebblebrook and wins that 7-8 title in uh, Georgia, you know, Milton beat Calvary Christian. So if, if Milton wins state, they're going to be like, hey, wait a minute, guys. Don't forget about us. We got a lot right. of but we beat Calvary. Like, right. So if Calvary wins, that, that's good for them. Like I said, then maybe they take two Florida teams, the events in Florida. So there's some teams to be considered. They're obviously Arizona's wrapping up. Utah, few other states, but you know, uh, those are the ones you 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 look at, and obviously, you know the, that's a big, big, uh, big decision to what they do. Ani, do you think two questions for you? Would you think Liberty's in, and would you take like Dr. Phillips and Calvary, or would you try to take four teams from four different states? Uh, I think Liberty's in with that yeah. with that win. Again, they were like a top 35 team in the country prior to. I think they think for sure um, that they that they get in. While I do love about the state champions and invitational is you have to win a state title. We talked about that before. Like, I do love the fact that like Gorman. Yeah. Yeah. Gorman can't get in there without winning state, you know, so definitely uh, something they have to, you know, like you said, they got to win state. And and man, we, we may have jinxed Gorman, but. You know, that, that should be a great event. It's the 7th through 9th, and it should be a terrific event to close out the season. Obviously, Geico will be a week earlier, and the uh, Final Four weekend, you know, Matthews has the longest winning streak in the in the country, number 16, Matthews at 46 games. So we'll be watching all those all those events. Obviously, um, Nike Hoop Summers, Summit's coming back. The roster got announced. April 8th in Portland. That event is coming back. So it's good to see some of these events come back into the fold as we uh, close up this this week's podcast. You know, episode 119. We appreciate you guys listening in. Uh, if you listen on Spotify, we're back on iTunes. You know, we, we're a megaphone. So wherever you get your podcast, we appreciate you listening in, you know, listening to our other podcasts. Thank you for uh, your patronage each week. Thank you for tuning in to the uh, audio version. If you get, like you said, just listening in the car or on your way to work, or or if you're listening, you know, on our YouTube page, we appreciate that as well. But uh, for Ani and Ronnie, we're logging off on episode 119, and we'll see you next week.